Welcome back, everyone. After a brief summer hiatus, the podcast is back, and we are excited to welcome in Hinoch Muamba of the Toronto Argonauts as our first guest back after this break. We chat with Hinoch about his career, how he got into football, his time with the NFL and the CFL, and really how humbled he is just to play in the CFL and some of his mentorship and guidance that he had growing up in high school, playing basketball, and ultimately deciding football. Before we bring Henoch onto the show, just want to give a shout out to our production team and all of our sponsors for all the great work that they do and all the support. Make sure to use the promo codes below to get some good swag and some discounts. As well, guys, some more episodes are going to be coming out. If you haven't done it yet, make sure to hit subscribe, follow that button, and uh, follow us for every new episode that comes out. And leave us a comment to let us know what you think of the episode because I would love to hear it. Now, without further ado, let's bring Hinoch on and talk about his football career. All right, Hinoch, how's it going today, man? Doing well, Ryan. Doing really well, man. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, thank you so much. How's the season been going so far? It's been great. It's been great. You know, I've been battling, you know, an injury, but um, uh, other than that, man, you you can't complain. You can't be mad at a perfect beginning to a season, right? So uh, I'm excited for, um, you know, our team, and I'm excited for uh, the direction that we're going and really our evolution as um, we continue to, um, you know, to, to, to strive for, for a better uh, record. Exactly. Hey, man, it's been fun to watch. I'm an Argos fan myself, and it's always fun to get a dub in the column, but uh, also just seeing the gameplay and the sportsmanship that you guys have been possessing, too, um, has just been incredible. So um, how did you know you wanted to make a career out of playing football? Man, that's a really good question, Ryan. Um, so when I, initially, I didn't, right? Initially, I didn't, and, and I speak about it a lot when I do my motivational speeches, when I, uh, as a matter of fact, I was at an event. Uh, last night, um, and uh, I was recognized as uh, one of the top 25 immigrants in um, in, in Canada, and uh, it really brought me back to to my beginnings, right? Which um, I'm going somewhere with it, but it brought me back to my beginnings because you know when I first started playing football, it wasn't really about becoming a professional player. It wasn't about making a life out of it, um, or you know, making money out of it at all, and so. Really, it was just a leap of faith. Um, it was a leap of faith um, that was really um, sparked by uh, some people that were in my circle that you know I trusted and I loved, and you know they nudged me, they challenged me, and they 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 really pushed me in the direction of football and asked me, "Hey, look, you should try this." And I, I heard it multiple times over and over again. It was, and those people were some coaches that I really loved that were really close to me in high school. Um, you know, my family members and uh, some really close friends. And so when they uh, challenged me and nudged me in the direction of football, um, a sport that I didn't really know much about, uh, that I didn't understand at all, and to be honest with you, that I really feared, that I was afraid of, that um, I, I wanted no parts of. And so, um, like I said, 
it's easy now to look at my life and see all the accomplishments over the course of, you know, the decade plus years that I've been playing this sport professionally and say like, man, you know, you were born for this, you know, uh, this is, this is a God given talent. And this was, you know, what you were placed on this earth for, but the truth is like, it started with a leap of faith and the amount of fear I can't even begin to uh, explain, um, you know, that I kind of felt when I first started playing, but, um, you know, I, I took the leap. And once I took the leap, um, you know, I embraced the challenges day after day, year after year. And, um, you know, I, I started, I continued to meet so many people. And um, uh, I met great people along the way on, on my journey. And they all continued to, to challenge me to become better. And I think it's when I started to see how beneficial the sport was to me, to my life, the evolution that it allowed me to kind of uh, go through um, the growth, um, I started to fall in love with the game. And the more I fell in love with it, well, you know, I told myself, and really, truly, before I told myself, people that were in my circle, people that were around me, were the ones that told me, like, you know, you um, you got a future in this. And so, you know, I kept listening to those people, and uh, uh, I started to believe more and more. And now talking about those special moments and realizing that this was truly meant for you. In 2011, you were drafted by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. How special was that for you, not only to be drafted, but to be drafted first overall? Um, and, and again, like not thinking that it was going to be something for you and then seeing have or sorry, having all your hard work pay off and seeing value uh, from the Blue Bombers organization to being picked overall. First of all, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was an, an amazing feat, right? Um, you got to remember, Ryan, like I at the time I was I was still just a few years into like football and maybe like a couple or three or maybe three years really into um, the times or the years that I've really fell in love with the game. And um, it was an amazing feat, like I said, and it was something that I, I cherished at the time. And, um, you know, my, my, my mindset at the time was, well, look, like, this is amazing, right? I had some great mentors ahead of me, including my older brother, who was drafted um, the year previous to mine, uh, to the year that I was drafted. And, uh, you know, I, I every time I talk about, you know, that year, 2011, and being drafted first overall, I always say, like, it's easy to pass a test when, when you really got a cheat code, when you got the answers to the test, and you, you get to really read through and, and kind of, um, understand the mindset that you need to have, understand the skills that you need to develop, understand the way that you need to speak. Um, so it's easy to do that when you have, you know, that playbook in front of you. And I did, you know, with my older brother, I did with my closest, you know, friends and my roommates in university. And so, um, you know, they are the reasons, they're the reason why I was able to, you know, get drafted as high as I did. And, uh, you know, at that point afterwards, after I got drafted, I remember very well, my mindset was, hey, look, I got to make sure that I prove to the rest of the country, right? The rest of the CFL that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers didn't make a mistake. And so that was my goal. And it really was one of the reasons why, um, you know, I was motivated and inspired to, um, to work as hard as I did. Now talking about that hard work and really showing, wanting to showcase that the Blue Bombers didn't want to make that mistake and that you were the real deal. You continued that success because from 2014 to 2018, you found yourself between the CFL and the NFL with the Colts, Cowboys, and then back with the Alouettes and Rough Riders. 
what was that experience like for you and what was that motivation like for you to see some of your playing time in the nfl but then seeing yourself back with the cfl and what was the biggest takeaway for you and it, it, it was an amazing journey you know the, the time that i spent in the nfl was was special um you got to realize again like um when, when you try to understand what, what i explained my my beginnings and uh, you know, in football. And then, you know, when I started at the pros, it was just like my goals just kept going, growing bigger and bigger. Hey, look, I want to achieve the next big thing. Don't mind the loud baby noise at the back. That's my little, that's our daughter. But, oh, good. Uh, my, uh, my goals continued to grow bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, as I continued on to be able to reach the NFL, NFL level for me, especially at the time, I was like, I'm not even supposed to be here, right? Um, I didn't start playing. Like, think about it, right? Like, every locker room that I've been a part of over the last 12 years that I've been playing professional football, um, the majority, I won't say everyone, but the majority, uh, maybe even 98% of the locker rooms that I'm a part of, you know, those guys have started playing football at the age of, like, five, six years old, right? And um, I was a guy that started in grade 10 and didn't really start loving the game maybe till the end of my first year, beginning of my second year of university. And so when I I reached the level of you know of playing in the NFL, I'm 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 I just feel humbled. I feel blessed. Um, I'm, I'm extremely appreciative. Um, so I I think my experience at the pro level, I've met a lot of people like this as well, but it's, I think it's very different from most. Where um, I don't take any day for granted. I don't take. Um, you know, that accomplishment for granted at all. And so it wasn't any different when I got to the NFL and I appreciate every single moment. I met some amazing people that I'm still friends with to today. And, um, you know, obviously it was challenging, you know, seeing, um, getting to the place where, you know, I started to play and, and I got some, some I, you know, I faced some adversity and I wasn't really able to, uh, I got faced some injuries and, and, you know, it was hard for me to stay on the team. And then after, you know, I came back to the CFL, went back to the NFL. And then after a while, you know, to be honest with you, I was, I was content. I was satisfied with where I was at. And I, I, I literally made the best decision that was for me at the time um, to, to come back to the CFL. I just wanted a little bit more stability knowing that literally I had, a, you know, interest from every single team in the CFL and, um, I had a few teams in the NFL that still also showed interest, but, um, you know, I was just tired of waiting and, uh, you know, I said, Hey, look, you know what, if that's the read, if that's the way that it's going to go, I remember picking a date. If I don't get a call from an NFL team and the few teams that were still interested at the time, if I don't get a call of, of confirmation, cause you know, teams were still checking in. Hey, you know, we're just letting you know, we'll, um, you know, we're looking to bring you in, but that we're looking to bring you in. You just never know how long that that'll take, right? Um, and then the truth is, too, I I know for a fact I wasn't the only person, you know, that they were probably making that type of call to. And so um, after a certain while, like I said, I, I gave myself a date, and um, you know, after that date, I told myself, hey, I told my agents, I had a really good talk with him, and I said, hey, look, I'm ready to explore my options in Canada, and, and that's when I came back to Canada, and and uh, I decided to go to Saskatchewan. But at the time. One of the main reasons why I also did that, and, and like I said, it was one of one of the main reasons was stability's sake. Um, but I also was making a lot of decisions off the field that really truly mattered to me, uh, that were beyond the game of football. Um, I, you know, I was already I had proposed to my fiance at the time, and uh, who is now my wife, 
I was like, listen, I, I need stability, right? I, I know where I, I need to know where I'm going. I need to kind of start just preparing for the future. Because when you're young, right, when you're young, you just want to, and you're, you're, you're passionate about the game of football. And that was me too at, at a point. I was like, man, I'll play anywhere in the, in, 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 in the U.S. I'll play on the West Coast if I have to. I'll play on the East Coast the next day, and whether it's in Canada or the U.S. But after a while, you know, obviously you grow and, and um, you know, you start to have responsibilities and um, it, it gets a little bit more difficult when it comes to the, the traveling and the leaving and all that. Not just challenging, but just difficult, you know, and so we're three kids in my wife and I now and you know it, it, it's tough I, I don't know how I'd be able to to play in another city while there is somewhere else as well so it's uh it's absolutely challenging but to answer your question more directly um leaving the NFL and coming back to the CFL it was a it was a decision that I made um because I, that, that came from a place of contentment satisfaction and, um, you know, I just was thinking, you know, more about the future more than anything and stability for everything. No, and you know, I, I really appreciate that because I, these are why I do these interviews is because I never want just short answers. I love the long answers. I love the explanations. And really that's how we get to know you as a guest on this show is knowing the, the dedication, knowing the background story, knowing about stabilization and needing to know where you're going to go in life. Right. So I really appreciate that. And it's actually funny. We kind of share a similar pathway to some degree because I'm an athlete with Special Olympics and I've been an athlete for 16 years. And in high school, my uh, fastball coach at the time was like, ah, I don't know if you, you know you should really play this because I think he thought I was gonna get embarrassed or he thought I wasn't gonna make the cut and I would be devastated by it and things like that. And here I am after high school, learning about what the Special Olympics was, joining them. And since then, I've been to a couple national games. I've been to a North American games and things like that. And I also now work for the Special Olympics currently. So it, it's uh, it's definitely humbling when you get kind of the opportunities given to you and you want to succeed and you want to grow with them, where you can then just take that journey and that path and know your stabilizations there and knowing that like, hey, this is where I'm meant to be, right? Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to have a fun question with you. I mean, these are all fun questions, but I got to know every game that I like. I know this from my locker room uh, before every game you put on a good playlist. Who's the best DJ among your team? And uh, who would you say has the worst taste of music? Oh, boy, man. Uh, Best DJ? Maybe by default because he always steps up to uh to to to, to be the DJ regardless of the occasion whether it's a pre-game, post-practice, or even a small team event. It'll be Boris Beatty. Uh, Boris Beatty's always ready to to DJ, and uh, um, he he's good. One of the reasons why he's good is because he listens to the crowd, right? He listens to the team. He lists, He gives the people what they want. And so he does a really good job. I'll have to give that to him. If you, if you, you know, he's very diverse. Let's put it like that. If you want some Afro beats, he'll put some Afro beats on there. If you want some rap, he'll put some rap. If you want some rock, he'll put some rock. If you want whatever you need, he will find a way to get it on there to the point where we have this thing we call club dub um, post games, right? Um, We've had quite a bit of those this year since we haven't lost yet. But every time we win, you know, it's really a party in, on, on the airplane. Uh, it's a party in the air. And um, 
again, like we'll have big speakers on the plane. It's this amazing experience. And um, uh, it'll be, you know, Boris again. This past week uh, or, or recently, I had a coach, uh, uh, coach uh, Pete, who's our receivers coach, Pete Costanza. And he came to me, he's like, you yeah, know, I need this play. I need this song, this song to play on Club Dub. And so, uh, you know, I gave it to Boris and, and we found a way to get it on. And it was some some uh, some song from the East Coast, which was was extremely like we did not relate at all. But you know what? In the spirit of Club Dub, in the spirit of community and unity, um, you know, we all embrace new songs, different songs, different um, rhythms. And and we enjoyed it. So. We had lots of fun, and uh, I don't even know if I can if I can think of somebody that has the worst taste of music because Boris always hogs the the ox. That's good. Hey, no, that's good to know. I was hoping you'd uh, toss my boy uh, Chris Milanovich in there, thinking he'd put in some uh, good tunes, you know. But uh, nah, nah, I don't know. We don't trust him enough with the ox. <laughs> we don't trust Chris with the ox. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. I probably wouldn't either. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you signed with the Toronto Argos in 2021 and then re-signed in 2022 where you find yourself uh, with your team on the Grey Cup against your former team, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What was that feeling like for you to not only hoist the Grey Cup, um, but to experience that win with your team against the team that drafted you? Man, I, it, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, I mean, to... Um... When I started to dream big in the game of football and to, to kind of see myself um, playing professionally, and one of my main goals also was, you know, you know, you, sports, sports in general is you, you play to win, technically, uh, but football in particular, man, you, you don't just play for fun. You want to win. You want to win great cups. So to have played for the duration of, of, of 11 years and, and never having hoisted a, a, a trophy – gotten close with the with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers my rookie year uh close a, few, a couple of times with the with the Rough Riders um you know there's a few years where I felt like we should have really went gone further than we, we did um uh the, the one year when we were with the Colts the 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 Flategate game against the Patriots was close to a Super Bowl as well but um you know I it, my goal and you know, over the course of my career has, has just been to just be a part of a, you know, to, to be able to contribute to a breakup winning team, to a championship winning team, right? Just to be able to contribute to, to a team like that. And so uh, to find myself in a breakup game against, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to be honest with you, I wasn't thinking about, oh no, there's a, there's a team that, that, that drafted me one because it's, you know, 12 years ago, 11 years ago at the time. Um, so I wasn't thinking about, hey, this is who drafted me. Now I'm playing against them. Oh, my goodness. It was I, – I feel like, to be honest with you, it could have been anybody else on the other side. But like I said, I was more focused on contributing to a great cup winning team. And uh, um, I try to do everything to the best of my ability um, and then to help everybody that was around me. And, um, you know, that's what I did. And, and, and as a team, I think, you know, obviously we performed really well, as especially underdogs as we were. And, um, you know, it's something that all of us will always be proud of. Well, you definitely contributed for sure because you also walked away with the Grey Cup MVP. So congratulations on that uh, accomplishment as well, sir, because that's definitely well-deserved. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ryan.
My last question for you today is everyone, you kind of alluded to this at the start of uh, the conversation, but everyone has a mentor or a coach that has impact on your life at some point. For you, who would that be and what kind of message do they share with you? Um, and what would be some kind of words that you would want to instill on the next generation of football players that either you talk to in one of your speeches or that you might, or that might be watching this uh, podcast as well? Man, that's really good. Uh, so I, like I said, man, I truly believe the theme of, if they were to make a movie about Enoch Mwamba, the theme of it would have been surrounding, you know, taking a leap of faith, right? Um, because that's what it was for me when I started to play the game of football. And um, the mentors that were around me, um, including my older brother, and, and like I said, some close friends, there's so many of them that surrounded me and showered me with love and showered me with, um, you know, challenges that made me become a better man, better brother, a better husband, uh, a better father. Um, there's so many mentors. Uh, one, one coach in particular is Coach Gary Waterman. Gary Waterman was um, my high school basketball coach. He taught me and coached me in high school, right? And um, when I first started to play, he was one of my first football coaches. He knew how talented I was in the game of basketball. And um, I'll say two stories about him. So he knew how talented I was in, in basketball. And and um, he, child, he was one of the people who challenged me to try football as well um, at a time when I didn't know anything about it. And uh, I remember right before I, I graduated, he gets a, a, a you know, and, and really like every time I look back, I get a, a few goosebumps because when I see how, you know, I, I really truly believe God orchestrated, you know, every single step of my journey, right? Coach Gary Waterman um, coached and taught in Mississauga, Ontario, where I grew up at, and at the high school, Father Michael Gates. But Coach Gary Waterman is actually from the East Coast in Nova Scotia. Coach Gary Waterman went to St. Francis Xavier. And it wasn't until, you know, right when I got to high school and right before I graduated, he gets a promotion to go back and coach at Cinevex. And so, he, you know, the year before, the year that he was leaving, he came to me and said, I think I was like my first year playing football, second year playing football. Um, actually, he comes back and he says, hey, you know, I'm going to, you know, I got a promotion. Um, he knew me very well, knew my family very well. Like I said, he taught me, coached me in basketball and, and, and even my first year playing football. And so he said, hey, look, I'm going to come back for you when you, um, you know, when you're ready to graduate to, to come play with me, uh, play football for us in uh, Santa Vex. And I was like, what are you talking about, Gary? And, um, uh, you know, sure enough, he kept his word and he came back and, and, and you know, heavily and seriously recruited me um, from high school. Uh, sure enough, to fast forward. I do commit to, to CNFX, even though I had offers from other schools as well. And, um, you know, started to get a, just a little bit of exposure. And some schools that knew that I played basketball and loved basketball was offering me basketball as well as, as football opportunities to their school. And, uh, you know, obviously I chose, I chose CNFX to go to Nova Scotia. As far as it was from home, to me, it still felt like home because one, my older brother was there. I knew his friends who were also going to be my, 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 you know, my future two teammates. I knew coach Gary Waterman. So I felt like I was home, even though it was so far away. And so it felt so comfortable. I made the decision to go to Santa Vex, but even when I got there, I mean, it was amazing. Um, you know, how he pretty much took care of me, man. Um, you know, I listened to pretty much every advice that he would give. Um, he would challenge me on a daily basis. You know, when I say this story, I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Like he challenged me 
if anything, he took, he was harder on me than anybody else that he didn't know as well as he knew me. And so um, I'm forever grateful for him, but I, 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 there's a story that kind of sticks out to me. I remember my, uh, my third year in university. So my junior year, I, uh, you know, in, in, after your third year in, in Canada, in university, you, there's a game called the East West bowl where, you know, you get to showcase your talents, your skills to a bunch of scouts pro scouts as well as you know nationwide and so uh, you got to get selected in order to participate in this game and everybody wants to be in this game and so I get called out to be in that game but I was at a place where I was in FX where I felt comfortable with the playbook um, defensively speaking I was you know named multiple times as an as a you know conference all-star um, nationwide all-star I got a bunch of accolades so I felt comfortable with where I was at and um, uh, I, every year after I played football during, after the football season, I would play basketball with the basketball team, you know, and then I, in university basketball guys and football guys were really close. And so they would invite me quite a bit uh, frequently to kind of, you know, play basketball with them. And, and they also, you know, um, thought that I played pretty well. And, uh, you know, they, they, they were like, listen, man, we could use you. And so I said, all right, man, if you, if you guys are open, I'm, I'll, I'd love to join the team. And so, they go and they talk to the legendary coach K at CNFX, uh, the Canadian coach K. And so he, uh, uh, he, uh, you know, they take me to his office. I talk to him and he says uh, literally like, Hey, um, we'd love to have you, you know, I've seen you play, you know, with, uh, with the guys. I see you all the time. Um, you can definitely compete. You can definitely play at this level. Uh, we'd use you for sure. Um, but I don't want to step over Gary Waterman's toes. I don't want to step on his toes. So, you go to him, you tell him what, you know, that we're open to having you on the team. And if he agrees, uh, as long as he agrees, you got a jersey waiting for you. So I'm running to Gary Waterman's office, and, you know, super jolly, super happy. And, uh, you know, he knows how talented I am in basketball, how, I, you know, I play. And so I walk in, I say, hey, coach, um, got great news for you. He said, oh, what's up, you know? And he says, uh, you know, the uh, 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 the basketball team just invited me to to, to get on the team, and so uh, you know I don't know how much I'll play, but they they told me that I can uh, I can basically join the team. He's like, oh yeah yeah, I've seen you guys uh, playing because the way that the athletic center was built uh, is built in SNFX is the coach's office is is at the top and it's like an oval kind of setting where they can kind of see the basketball court. So whenever I play with the basketball guys, multiple coaches would be able to see as well. And so he said, yeah, you know I've I've seen you play. Um, and, and that's, that's great. But I remember we talked for maybe the next 10 minutes. I didn't say much. It was him talking. And, uh, for as long as he talked, he never once said, no, don't do it. But he said, um, basically, Hey, uh, you have a future in football and, um, I wouldn't want to see you squander it because you tried something else. Uh, he was basically telling me to focus on the things that matter the most and focus on something that would really uh, pay dividends uh, in my life. And he believed in it. Like at that point, I was starting to dream football, you know, seeing a future in it. Uh, not fully, but he was definitely one of the ones that saw bigger picture way before I started to truly believe in myself. And um, but because I loved uh, uh, him, because I respected him and I trusted him so much. I listened to his advice once again. And, um, you know, like I said, he didn't say no one time, but he gave me like all the reasons under the sun as to why I shouldn't. And, uh, you know, he let me make my own decision. And of course, like I said, I listened to him and I, and I didn't, 
uh, joined the basketball team, as painful as it was, um, you know, I don't regret it looking back. And so uh, you talk about mentorship, you talk about people that are that, that surround you. I often say, man, you got to create that community because you never know what's on the other side of your fears. You never know what's on the other side of that leap of faith, right? And so in order to take a leap of faith, especially one where um, you have a lot of fears and you, you know you have a lot of hesitation, doubts, you have to create a community and that community is the community that's gonna develop the confidence and courage for you to be able to make that leap. And so um, that's what I had around me, man. And um, you know, I'm forever grateful for the people that played a huge role and in, in my life and on my journey. I always tell people, man, like people are like, man, what, why, why did you cry so much at, at the Great Cup? And I'm like, like it was me literally looking back at the um looking back at the uh the people that played a role in my life. You know, I, I literally went back to my former teammates, teammates that helped me in my rookie year when I had a you know, uh, a three-month injury uh, after being drafted first overall. The teammates that kind of encouraged me and kept me going. The the friends, you know, my wife, my obviously my daughters, um, the motivation that they are to me. Um, you know, my family members that stood by me the whole time. You know, even as I sacrificed every, you know, every year, literally, time away from them. Um, and again, like the coaches, the mentors that were around me, like that is why, I was as emotional as I was at the Great Cup, and so, um, like I said, um, I, I don't regret any 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 former decision, past decision. But if anything, I'm extremely appreciative of the people that have been around me. That's incredible. Well, you know what? That's a fantastic story. I'm glad it all worked out. Shout out <laughs> to Coach for all the motivation, uh, and again, congratulations on all the success and all the continued success. Uh, with this year and uh, I know myself and all the Argo fans are looking forward to when you get back on the field and uh, and get putting some more uh, wins in the dub and celebrating the dub club you know so you know it you know it man thanks a lot Ryan for having me on the podcast man no problem take care man all right thank you